Don't you just love him today? Don't you just love him today? Don't you just love him today? Hallelujah. Thank you, worship team. We're going to turn this morning to 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Second Corinthians chapter four. Praise God. Listen to something all week that's just been on my heart that I can't shake. So we're going to listen to an old song. I mean, you know, I'm, I guess I'm getting to be an old guy, so I listen to old songs. <laughs> it says, if anyone should ever write my life story, for whatever reason there might be, You'd find there, you'd be there between each line of pain and glory. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. I come by to tell you this morning that there's been a lot of pain and glory. We've all been there. But Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me oh come on somebody Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me I would have lost my mind <laughs> if I didn't believe I'd see the goodness of God in the land of the living the Bible says he's the best thing that ever happened to me through all life's ups and downs, big and small, he's the best thing that ever happened to me. Paul wrote to the Corinthian church in 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Let's read. He says, therefore, since we have this ministry through the mercy we have received, we do not lose heart. But we have renounced the secret things of shame and walk in the craft, not walking in the craftiness nor handling the word of God deceitfully, but by expressing the truth and, con and commending ourselves to every man's conscience in the sight of God. But listen, church, but if this gospel be hidden, it is hidden to those who are lost. The God of this world has blinded the minds of those who do not believe, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is in the image of God, should shine on them. For we do not preach ourselves, but Jesus Christ the Lord, and ourselves your servants for Jesus' sake.
For God who commanded the light to shine out of darkness has shown in our hearts to give the light of the knowledge of the glory of God in the face of Jesus Christ. But we have this treasure in earthen vessels that the excellency of the power being from God and not of ourselves. Church, listen. For we are troubled on every side, yet not distressed. We are perplexed, but not in despair. Persecuted, but not forsaken. Cast down, but not destroyed. And always carrying around in the body of the death of the Lord Jesus Christ that also the life of Jesus might be expressed in our bodies. For we who live are always delivered to death for Jesus' sake. That also the life of Jesus might be manifested in our mortal flesh. So then death works in us. Death, so then death works in us, but life in you. That is... We have the same spirit of faith. As it is written, I believed and therefore I have spoken. So we also believe and therefore speak, knowing that he who raised the Lord Jesus Christ will also raise us through Jesus and will present us with you. All these things are for your sake so that the, so that the abundant grace through the thanksgiving of many might overflow to the glory of God. For this reason, we do not lose heart. Don't lose heart today. Come on, somebody. Don't lose heart today. Even though our outward man is perishing, yet our inward man is being renewed day by day. I love verse 17 coming from Paul. He says, our light afflictions, light afflictions. This is a man two chapters later that says, I spent, I have received twice 40 lashes, save one. That I've been stoned, that I've spent three times in the deep, that, I, that I've been whipped, jailed, imprisoned, beaten, tried to put to death over and over. And this is the man who pins Yet in these light afflictions, our light afflictions would last but for a moment. Works for us far more exceedingly an eternal weight of glory. While we do not look at the things which are seen, but the things which are not seen. For the things which are seen, listen. For the things which are seen are temporal. They're temporary. But the things which are not seen are eternal. In this crazy world we're living in today, I came by for just a moment this morning to tell you that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for your word. Lord, I pray that you would help us this morning, that you would guide us, that you would anoint these lips of clay.
to deliver the bread of life. Lord, I pray that there would be open hearts and minds today to a freshness of the word. Lord, reveal yourself in your word today, we pray. And we give it all to you in Jesus' name. Amen. And amen. It would have been real easy today to pick up on the headlines. And maybe even expected. But in a world of turmoil that we've seen coming, we know it's coming. Somebody here needs today needs to hear the hope of the gospel of Jesus Christ and know that Jesus is the best thing that could ever happen to you. I've seen some incredible things this week. I'm sure you have too. I've got to tell you, in the midst of the turmoil, and it's refreshing, I must say, to see some valor and some and some and some backbone. And some, and some leadership, I must say. I, 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 it's an incredible statement from a president in a country that's under siege from, from a foreign power that is bent on their destruction. That whenever someone calls and offers you, that when the international community calls and asks to give you a way out, says, we will come get you. We will, and your statement is, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. What a statement. I've been pondering these things, and I began to read just a little, and you'll find, uh, you, many of you, I, I suppose all of you probably know that, that, the, that the world headlines, that, that they, this nation of Ukraine come out from under the, 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 the heavy boot of communism back in the 90s when the, when the Iron Curtain fell. The, come up from under the, the heel of atheism and hatred, and oppression. And just like always, that see, see, I've told you for weeks that freedom doesn't, it's not something that's given to us by any government or constitution, that, it, that freedom comes from the Spirit of God. The Bible says that where the Spirit of God is, there's freedom. And I, I began to look, and I, I know personally, Heather and I know missionaries from Ukraine. In fact, they were in, in Crimea when Crimea fell to the Russians. They were the very last car off of the peninsula as the Russian military closed it behind them. And today in their home in, in, in Kiev that is full of refugees this morning that are just trying to find a place of safety. And I began to understand something this morning. I'm talking about Jesus is the best thing that ever happened. When you realize that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to you, you will fight for your freedom. You will fight for what is right. Of all those Eastern European, Eastern Bloc countries that come out from under the, 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 the heel of communism, Ukraine has one of the strongest national churches in the world. All because when they were set free, they ran to God. If you want to know this morning why countrymen are willing to stand in the streets and, 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 and be handed out arms to civilians that will stand and fight over, against overwhelming odds and the people who refuse to leave said, I need, I need help, not a ride. It is because Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to them and they're not willing to give him up. We need to understand in America what we have. 
It occurred to me this morning that Ukrainian youth are, fighting, are, are trying to shoot their way out of, of what Americans are trying to vote their way into. Hear me again. In this nation that we're all watching, the people of that country are trying to shoot their way out of what we're trying to vote our way into. We have this treasure. Why are they laying their bodies on the line? Because we have this treasure in earthen vessels. That people can see that the power does not reside in them, but in the God that they serve. How can Paul say, after all he's been through, that that we're perplexed, but not in despair? Persecuted, not forsaken. Cast down, not destroyed. Why? How? Because Jesus, no matter what you go through in this life, Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to you. I was reading last night in John chapter 9 about a young man that was blind from his birth. And the religious factors come to Jesus and they said, and they said to Jesus, who sinned? This child or this man or his parents? And Jesus said, neither one. But, he, but this happened so that the glory of my father could be revealed. It was a Sabbath day, and, and, this, and, this, and this young man come to, the, come to Jesus, and, and Jesus bent down, and he spit in the clay, and he made, he made a, a mortar, and, and he put it on his eyes, and he told him to go wash in the pool that he might receive his sight. See, I'm talking about, I'm talk, I come by to tell you this morning that religion will hold you back, and religion will keep you blind, and religion will, will get in your way. I want you to hear something this morning. Because, see, it was the Sabbath day. And Jesus says that there's a blind boy that needs to see. And whenever, and whenever he became healed immediately, see, it said when he washed that he regained his sight. He's he seen for the first time in his life. And immediately the religious folks come and said, how did that happen? And who did it? It wasn't, oh, praise God, brother. I I realize you've never seen anything. It wasn't, oh, bless God, my friend. You can see what a miracle. Go tell everybody. I'm talking about the difference between religion and what Jesus does. They said, who done it? He said, well, I don't know who done it. I can't tell you what he done. He went to his parents and they said, he's of age, ask him. They said, see, they were concerned because it was the Sabbath day and he had the nerve to bend over and pick something up. He, 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 he worked on the Sabbath. He picked up a piece of clay and put it on his eyes and told him to go wash. You're not supposed to do that. Religion will, will, will. see, religion had rather you be blind Religion had rather, had rather you be bound. Religion had rather you keep the form than to get free. They went to his parents and they said, 
How did it happen? They said, he's old enough. They, see, because they already heard the conspiracy that if they admit that this Jesus is the healer, if they admit this Jesus is the miracle worker, if they admit that this Jesus is the God, then we're going to throw them out. Because see, religion will throw you out while Jesus is trying to bring you in. If this gospel will be hidden, it's hidden to those who are perishing. So religion will pitch you out for believing. A, a religion will get upset whenever, whenever it goes against their model. Come on, somebody hear me. He's the best thing that ever happened. They said, go ask him. He's of age. They did this. We ain't touching this. Go ask him. And they went to him and said, who did this for you and how did he do it? How, what, you realize, you see, they, they said, you realize he's a sinner. Why, why was he a sinner? Because he broke their tradition. He wasn't supposed to bend over and make the mud. Hello? So you realize he's a sinner. And you know what the young man, their young man's reply was, whether a sinner or not, I do not know. But I do know this. I once was blind, but now I see. I'll tell you what he was saying that day. He was saying, Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. <laughs> see, it'll break the mold. Jesus will break the mold of religion and open your eyes to what's going on. <laughs> I'm reminded of another time where Jesus said they were walking back, going back to the city and instead of walking around the usual route, avoiding people, because see, religion will also avoid people that, they, that are not like them. I'm gonna say it again. Religion will cause you to avoid people that are not like you. They were on their way back to the city one day, and, and, and the quickest route back home was through Samaria. But the Jews didn't go through Samaria. They were so despised, they were so hated, that they would take the long way around before they would take the straight way and go straight home through Samaria. See, the, the Samarians were, 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 a, were a mixed race of people. They were, they, were, they were partly Jews and, and partly heathen and rejected by all. Hated and despised. But Jesus said on the way home, he said, y'all, see Jesus was from South Judah. He said, y'all, I must needs go through Samaria. Must needs King James. He says, Y'all, I need to go through Samaria. I have to. Can I can you can you imagine the reaction? Even from his followers? I mean, we'll do I mean we'll do what you want to, but Jesus it, it's Samaria. And you know those people in Samaria, they're not like us. I mean, they, they, they take part of what is true and they take part of what's not and they have their own temples and their own high places. And I mean, I'll follow you, but it's Samaria. Jesus said, I have to go. 
And you know the story. He went, he went and he went through the Samaria and he found a well to sit down at. And in the middle of the day, the Bible says that there was a lady that come by and he began to speak to her. I want you to understand that something about this lady. She was the outcast of the outcast. She wasn't just a Samaritan. She was an outcast of the Samaritan. See, the proper ladies of, the, of that day came to draw water early in the morning in the cool of the day. The, 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 the proper form and the social club and, and, and the, the, the ones that are acceptable to society came and drew water early in the morning before it got hot. But it says Jesus sat down and she came in the middle of the day to draw water. She was a social pariah. She was a reject. He said, woman, give me a drink of water. She said, a drink of water? She said, the well is deep. And you don't have anything to draw with. Yes? He said, oh, if you knew who asked for a drink of water, you would ask him. You would ask me for a drink. And I would give you living water. Water like you've never had. I would give you water that you would never thirst again. She said, are you better than Jacob that gave us this well? Who are you? She was saying, who are you? And she began to share. He began to share the good news of who he was. And she began to rejoice. He said, listen, y'all know. He said, woman, go and tell your husband. Are you with me? And like we do, she hedged her next statement. She said, I have no husband. He said, you speak truth. He said, because you've had five husbands. And the one you are with now, you're not married to. She said, truth, Lord. But in an instant of cleansing, she began to hear the truth of who he was. He saw her. He laid her bare. He knew everything about her. He knew, he knew all of our failures. He knew and she was the reject of the rejects of the reject. Her life was broken. Nothing was going right. She, she couldn't stay in a relationship. Uh, she couldn't even go with the rest of the women in the cool of the day because they were all afraid that she would take her man. They would take her, their men. No doubt. But I tell you what happened. She ran, into the, she ran into living water in the heat of the day. And it says that she ran into town and told all the men, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. 
And the Bible says that they all came and, were, and repented. They were converted. It's what the Bible says. Uh, oh, I might add here that there's a lot of people out there that think women can't preach. But I got to tell you, that woman went to town and preached to, the, preached to all the crowd. And all the crowd came and they all got saved. You need to get in your word and start, and start reading it for what it says. And open up your eyes and realize that, she, that that woman went, went from outcast to evangelist just like that. And I, and I can tell you no doubt what happened. You know what happened? I'll tell you what happened. She ran into town. Everybody knew who she was. She, she, she was known far and wide, believe me. She ran into town and she said, come and see a man who told me everything I've ever done. And what was the message? That Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. Listen, if you're, if you're on the outcast and on the outskirts, listen, if we've come from a religious world that told you if you've ever had a marriage failure, that if you've ever had a relationship failure, if you've ever made a name for yourself in a way that made you infamous instead of famous, y'all ain't hearing me this morning. Because I'm telling you, he's, he's the best thing that ever happened from, 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 the, from, the, from the best to the worst. He's the best thing ever. See, he's not dead religion. He, he's not just another place to bring people in so they can. Anybody ever heard of Jim Simbla? You ever, anybody know who that is? Pastor of the Brooklyn Tabernacle. Brooklyn, New York. In the armpit of a city when he began. Miracles, signs, and wonders. Lives changed by the tens of thousands. Prayer meetings that shake the world. I remember reading an account one day where he met a broken lady on the streets, a prostitute, desperate and in need. And he stopped just to talk to her a moment, and she began to fall apart and just to weep. And he said, young lady, come with me and come to Brooklyn Tabernacle. We're going to pray right here, but come to Brooklyn Tabernacle. Let's get your life together. And her response was this. Listen to me. Church? You want me to go to church? She said, I'm broken enough. And I'm hurt enough. The last thing I need is to be rejected by church people. Suzanne Cox has stood on this platform and testified of her days of drug abuse, where she don't have her, where she lost her teeth, and where where she was where she was working in the evening. Where, where, where everything in life was, was a hopeless, her, 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 her mindset was to go and take my life. But on her way to town one day, there was a sign that said camp meeting. <laughs> and she didn't even know what it was, what it meant. But she was compelled to stop. And, and she was compelled to go in. She, she sat there in her car and she was about to drive off. What went through her head? She said she realized it was church. And she said what th went through my mind is Church. Just another place that I don't belong. Come and see a man. Church, I'm talking to the church this morning. 
from the outcast to the highest of society. Jesus died for them. He wants them. He died for them. He wants them. We, we've made all kinds of social rules, even among the church. That, oh, you've, you know, well, you, you've, you've messed up too many times. Oh, you, you listen to me. Y'all need to look at me. Y'all's distracted. This is uncomfortable. Look at me. Oh, we'll, we'll, we'll let you come here. But, thank you. We'll let you come here, but don't expect to be accepted. We'll even give, we'll even give you a place to sit, but don't expect to be invited in. Oh, never let it be said. Never let it be said. Never let it be said that when people walk through the doors of Mac Church that they didn't leave knowing that Jesus was the best thing that ever happened to them. Never let it, never let it be said of anybody. Let church, that's us. That's us. Oh. If the gospel be hidden, don't you dare hide the forgiveness of the Lord Jesus Christ. Don't you dare hide his restoration. Don't you dare hide that he makes all things new. Don't you dare hide the fact that no matter where you come from, no matter your situation, no matter where you've been, that he, that he, that he will separate your sin from you as far as the east is from the west, never to be remembered against you again. I grew up in a denomination and, and hold their ordination card today in a group that's, that, 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 that if you'd ever been divorced, you might as well have killed somebody it would have been better for you in fact this is a true story we ordained a first degree murderer he's a great man by the way he is a walking miracle. Maury Davis pastors in, in Nashville, Tennessee. He, he, is, he committed first degree murder and served the prison time for it and got out on mercy but I came by to tell you, making a point, that we ordain a murderer before we were able to make provision for people who had, that, that a spouse had walked off on them or committed adultery before we could ever say that there's a place for you. Oh, we're not supposed to say these things, are we? What did she run to town and tell the... I noticed she told the men... She ran to tell come and see a man who showed me everything. See, Jesus didn't cover up who she was and where she'd been and what had happened in her life. It had to all be laid on the table. It had to all, see, when you come to him, it, it's all laid bare. But whenever it's all laid bare, he wipes it all clean. Come and see a man who told me everything. Jesus is the best thing. That ever happened to me. You remember another lady that the, that the religious crowd again come drug her in and threw her at Jesus' feet. 
and were trying to trap him in a religious trap. They were, trying, they were trying to ruin who he was. They were trying to prove he wasn't the Messiah. They were trying to prove he wasn't the Lamb of God. They tried to trap him because, see, the, the Lamb had to keep the law perfectly. They come and threw her at his feet and said, this woman was caught in the very act of adultery. You ever wonder where they were? I suspect it was a conspiracy. I suspect it was a setup. I, su I suspect that, that it was part of their plan. I suspect she was just a pawn in their scheme. Because see, religious things will scheme. And, and, mm -mm. The law of Moses says that we should stone her. What do you say? You hear me? Jesus said something that's misquoted often. Because they were right. The law of Moses did say that you were caught in adultery, that you should be stoned. He looked around and he said, you without sin. Because... You know what, there's people, there's, there, there's people in this world that they're, they're really good at wanting somebody else to stone them. Oh, they, they, they don't mind to make the accusation, but they're not really going to take any action. They're going to, you ain't hearing me. They're going to pawn it off on somebody else. They're, they're just accusers. I got news for when you're, when you're an accuser, I can tell you who your father is. Because the Bible says that the enemy, he said he's the accuser of the brethren. I can tell you who your father is when you're just an accuser. Oh. But they were right. Jesus said, you were without sin. Cast the first stone. Bible says that one by one they dropped their stones and walked away. That Jesus just began to sit down and write in the dirt. Now I've always been long curious about what he wrote in the sand. I heard one preacher said he thought it might have been names and phone numbers, but I'm not sure. <laughs> he wrote in the sand and one by one they began to drop their rocks and walk off. When they are all gone, Jesus lifted her head and said, Woman, where are your accusers? She said, I don't have any. See, that was important because it was a death penalty case, but the law also said that to be put to death, it had to be in the mouth of two or three witnesses. They thought they had him. They, got because they, thought, they thought they had him trapped, but there were no witnesses. Because Je that's why Jesus said, neither do I condemn you. Now, it didn't stop there. Are you hearing me? Neither do I condemn you. Go and sin no more. Then we read of an account where 
Jesus come in after a long, weary day into someone's home. And they offered him no refreshment. They offered him no cleansing. They offered him, but there was a lady that came and bent down and began to wash his feet with her tears and dry his feet with her hair. Bible scholars agree that it was the very same lady, Mary, that he had that had been thrown at his feet in the street. And she came in and began to weep and cleanse his dirty feet and wash him with his hair. And the religious folks in the room says, what is she doing? Get her out of here. And he said, what? You didn't offer me anything that would have been custom of the day to, to give him a cleansing, to wash the, the grime and the dirt and the road wear off of his feet. You offered me nothing. This was an act of worship. And I'm going to tell you what was happening the day that a lady came in and sat at his feet and began to cry and wash his nasty feet with her tears and dry them with, his, with her hair. It was a testimony that said, Jesus is the best thing. She could lower herself all to the place of a servant. That's what it, it was a servant's job to wash his feet. But it was because Jesus was the best thing that ever happened to her. Listen, church. I've been through high points in my life. I mean, I, I've stood on the mountain. Yes. There's, there's, nothing, there's nothing quite like standing in the middle of the Zambezi River on an African sunset knowing that the gospel is going, and you're seeing some of God's, the, that most of the world never get to see. It's, it's a highlight. It's a, it's a wonderful place in time. It's a marker in my mind of the first time I ever worshiped in an African church, the first time I ever seen an African sunset. Uh, but those are the highlights. But I also know the days that I, that I lost everything I owned. When I didn't know what I was going to do and when I was at a place of despair, a kid that grew up in church, that, that that's all he knew was church, that knew about religion, that knew, even knew about the Bible. But I was in the low point of my life and standing on, I remember the day I drove out to the banks of the Arkansas River all by myself knowing that I was on the verge of catastrophe and I said, Lord, what do I do? Because he has a way of bringing you to that place. You know what his answer was? It was, trust me and hold on. And that night at 31 years old, raised in Pentecost, believed in it, loved it, loved the environment. That night at an altar on the right side of the church at 1111 Elm Street in Paris, Arkansas, I began to cry out to a, to a God that says, I need you worse than I need my next breath. I remember my words. I need you worse than I need my next drink of water. I need you worse than I need my next bite of food. I've got to have you or I'm not going to make it. And that night, in an instant, the baptizer came. Heaven flooded a weary soul. And a heavenly language began to flow. And, and even my situation wasn't changed, but my situation changed. 
And I got news for you that through, through the heartache and, and the trials and the highs and the lows, from the tragedies of, of losing a spouse to, to the miraculous, the Lord bringing you a helpmate like you could never have dreamed for, that would help you in ministry and walk with you through life. I came by to tell you through your highs and through your lows, through your ups and through your downs, if you will trust him, if you will make him the Lord of your life, if you will put your hand in your, his hand, that through it all, whether the situation changes or whether he changes you, I'm going to tell you, my situation didn't change, but I did. Amen. And I came by to tell you this morning through all of it, See, religion, some people say religion's not a crutch, I, or religion's a crutch. I don't know anything about religion, but I do know about Jesus, who said he will never leave you, he will never forsake you, that he'll walk through the highest highs, and he'll walk with you through the lowest valleys. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Why? For thou art with me. Thou art with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. I want to tell you, if you'll walk with them, that even when people hate you and are trying to destroy you, that he'll lay out a banquet and make them watch it. Because I got to tell you, it is my personal testimony through it all that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. I love my wife. I love my kids. I love what I do. I love my calling. I love my church. But none of those things are the best thing that ever happened to me. The best thing that ever happened to me was a savior that came and bled and died for me when I didn't deserve it. The best thing that ever happened to me was he took a hot mess of a life. That he picked me up, set me on a rock, and established my going. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. That's why a man that was religious and a murderer's heart can stand and say and write to pen to the church at Corinth that were burdened on every side. That, were, that the walls are closing in. Some days it's bad. It says we're, we're cast down. But that's the reason he could say we're not destroyed. That's the reason he could write that though they've beaten me twice, with the, they've, they've whipped me with a lash 40 minus 1. They've beaten me with rods three times. They've stoned me and left me for dead. They've let me outside of the city. They've thrown me in the jail. They've put me in stocks and bonds. That's why he can go through his whole list and say, this is what he was saying. Everything I've been through is worth it all in light of what is to come. Because it came out of dead religion and met a Lord on the road to Damascus. That's what his testimony was and is. Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me.
And the good news is, is no matter where you are in life right now, there's people in this room that are probably at the pinnacle point that they've ever been in. Life is good and going their way. Their home is at peace. Their job is paying well. Life's good that there's other people. There's no doubt in a crowd this side, there's, there's also people that are at the very bottom hanging on by thread, desperate for an answer. And I would say to both of you or anyone in between that Jesus is the best thing that could ever happen to you. You're burdened down, but he's the burden bearer. The psalmist said, many are they that rise up against me. Many are they which say of my soul, there is no help for you and God. But he said, but you, O Lord, are a shield for me. You're my glory and the lifter of my head. He said, I lay down my head and I sleep. There's somebody here today that you can't sleep because of the turmoil. When you're in him, he says, he said, I lay down my head and sleep. He said, and then I awake. How and why? Because the Lord sustained me. He will sustain you. Jesus is the best thing. You look around this old turmoil world, and I'm, and I'm telling you, right now it's headed, uh, it's not getting better. I, I don't think it's hyperbole to say that we, we could, could very well be standing at the brink of war that we haven't seen since the middle of the last century. A madman in power, bloodthirsty and hungry that just 30, 45 minutes ago raised his nuclear level to the highest elevation. He's, he's trying to draw the world into conflict because he's desperate and a despot. You need to understand, you're trying to, maybe you're trying to make sense of it. There are military guys say that he won't do that, it doesn't make any sense. See, when, when, you're, when you're a despot and when you're evil, when you have an evil heart and you're dark, it doesn't have to make sense. Nothing about sin and, and, and being sold out to the enemy makes sense. Crazy people do crazy things. But in this desperate time, in this de that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened in your life. If you're the, here this morning and it's the first time you've ever heard an adequate presentation of who he is, that you've never even, you've heard about him, you've heard religious things, but this is the, maybe this is the first time you've ever heard the, uh, the hope of who he is. I got to tell you that he's still the best thing that ever happened to you. If you heard the gospel one time, it's the best thing that ever happened to you. Because it gave you the opportunity to say yes to this Jesus and for him to roll your sin back and to carry your burden and to change your life even when your situation hasn't changed he's the best it's the best thing that ever happened this morning 
I want to ask a, a, a question. And I want you to think about it before you respond. I want, I, want, I want people in the room to see the testimony. Maybe you expected to hear a prophetic message this morning. I'll come by to tell you Revelation 19 says that the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. <laughs> I want people in this building to testify this morning. And, and you're gonna, it's gonna, every, every single one of you that knowing that he's the best thing that ever happened to you. Say, we don't have time for everybody to testify. You're going to testify in one moment in unison. But I want you to think about it first. You hear me? This morning, if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to you, stand to your feet right now and give him praise. Stand to your feet right now and give him praise. Come on. If you, if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to you, give him praise today. <laughs> What a test! Look around. What a testimony. Look around. What, the testimony of Jesus Christ is the spirit of prophecy. Look around. He's the best thing that ever happened to you. When you know he's the best thing that ever happened to you, take it to a lost and dying world. Take it to people that are in the dark. Take it to people in society that don't know his name. Take it to, your, to the workplace, to the marketplace. Share it to, to the despot, to the, one that, to, to the one that is rejected. And when, they come, and when people come in that are not like you, accept them and bring them in and demonstrate to the whole world that Jesus is the best. See, it's a demonstration. See, coming to, uh, being a Christian is not a spectator sport <laughs> the commission is to go into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature if you're testing see see if you, you didn't think you knew enough to testify this morning you know in your heart look across this building that Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me hallelujah give him praise one more time. Why don't you give him a shout? Why don't you give him a shout? Why don't you give him a shout? Come on, why don't you give him a shout? Why don't you give him a shout? He says, if I be lifted up, give him a shout. He said he's enthroned on the praises of his people. Give him a shout. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Church, Jesus is the best thing that ever happened to me. Before we leave, before we transition and go to business meeting here in just a few moments, all across this house, what an incredible testimony. There's many, many, many people that watch live stream every week or watch later. You may be watching today or you may be in the house and you say, I've never seen a present I've never seen Jesus like I've seen him today I didn't know there was this kind of hope you say I don't know how to get to him I'll tell you if you'll make a step towards him he'll make up the distance Amen. we've made it we've made it so complicated we've made it about ritual and exercise and even even about specific prayers and when the word of God says just, re, just repent Change, change the way you're going. Make him Lord of your life. It says if you confess the Lord, the Lord Jesus Christ with your mouth and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you shall be saved. Jesus, the command from Jesus was follow me. 
It's that simple. Repent, change your, make him Lord, confess him as Lord, get in the word, follow him. He's the hope of glory. You look around this old world, God, does anybody see any hope anywhere? Paul closed it out. He said this way. He said, man, if in this world only I had hope. He said, I would be of all men most miserable. But he knew this was temporary. And what he was headed toward, he said, it far exceeds the temporal. Follow him today. It'll be the best thing that ever happened to you. Praise God. Praise God.